If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to IGN's weekly Xbox show. We call it Podcast Unlocked, and we have been doing that for 568 episodes. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined here in the IGN San Francisco studio by Miranda Sanchez. Hello. Hello. In person. Hello. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Uh, From Los Angeles, Destin Legary. Hey, buddy. Hi, everybody. And uh, from her home in San Francisco, hello to Stella Chung. Hi. Well, let's uh, let's start by getting the, the housekeeping plugs out of the way. IGN.com slash rewards. I'm going to keep this short. Go there. We revamped our whole thing. We've got all sorts of cool perks, even at the free tier. Uh, discounts. We were giving away gamer chairs. Uh, and if you step up to the paid tier, which are the current promo price, 30 bucks a year. It's 250 a month. We will get you a free Map Genie Plus subscription. You'll get free games and free in-game content, and you're helping to support IGN shows like this one. So check it out, IGN.com slash rewards, if I can get it out of my face properly. And then the other one, the IGN Playlist app. Don't miss that on your smartphone. Uh, it's, it's basically like letterboxed for movies or good reads for books, but for games. Keep track of everything you and your friends and us are, uh, are currently playing. Uh, I will quickly plug my Cliff Blazinski IGN Unfiltered. Cliff's got a new book out, which I left a copy for. Hopefully you got that copy I, I left did. for you. I did. Thank you. Yeah, I hope you'll enjoy it. The, uh, of course, creator of Gears of War, one of the, I mean, the primary creator. He was, he emphasized in the interview, it was very much a team effort, of course, but uh, Cliff's life story, his memoir called Control Freak is out, so I interviewed him about that. There's a little snippet from Cliff and I's conversation that is on IGN now. He uh, he had some interesting stuff to say about, uh, I asked him about how he how he felt when, when Epic sold Gears to Microsoft, which was after Cliff had already left. He had some interesting words about that, uh, not to mention, oh, were some of the other highlights? He talked about Miyamoto, getting to meet him and befriending Kojima. There was lots of good stuff. And, and as usual, it's unfiltered and it's Cliff. Cliff likes to swear. So if uh, you don't get a lot of sweary videos on IGN, this is one of them, IGN Unfiltered. It's also a podcast feed. So if you're interested in just listening to it, you can find it on your favorite podcast service. 
let's get started, shall we? Yeah. Let's get started with Phil Spencer. So Phil was everywhere over the past week, everywhere but here, it seems. I'm a, I'm a little jealous. I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. I feel a little uh, you know, like, well, what about us? What about Unlocked? He hasn't been here in a while, but we'll we'll do our best to get him in here sooner rather than later. In the meantime, though, he was do, out doing some interviews, and one of them uh, with the same brain YouTube channel. He finally, as the, the headline of this episode very much made clear, Phil finally put an end to this entire Call of Duty on PlayStation speculation. Will they, won't they, how long? It's done. So uh, Phil says, here's a clip from the interview. He said, quote, we're not taking Call of Duty from PlayStation. That's not our intent. Our intent is not to do that. And as long as there's a PlayStation out there to ship to, our intent is that we'll continue to ship Call of Duty on PlayStation, similar to what we've done with Minecraft since we owned that. So well, hold up, Ryan. Yes. You said intense. Destin, no. <laughs> That's what the internet's been messaging. I know. I know. It's ridiculous. And, no, I, I know. And hey, you know what? In all seriousness, I, I don't blame people for doing that because I consider myself a student uh, a, in the art of deciphering God, Phil Spencer's very carefully <laughs> chosen words because he does like I love Phil he's listening to this at the dog park right now hi Phil but Phil no he, he's he's an honest guy but he chooses his words carefully as a person in his position leading a platform so I don't blame people for digging into that but I, I think this puts it to bed. I, I, I don't think I'm being misleading with our episode title this week. Uh, Stella, let me go your way. Are you satisfied with this answer? Is it over now? Yeah, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we were all kind of over talking about it. We were just like, oh my God, like, please, like, there's no way. But, um, and it's really interesting. So I did the, oh my God, what was it? Um, the games fix. And this was also one of the topics that uh, I reported on. And a lot of people were like, well, yeah, like that was never in question. That was never going to happen. Like this, it was never going to be taken away. And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. A lot of people were kind of worried, but it's nice to hear it from him that it's not going anywhere. And it also would not make sense. So for me, I'm just like, yeah, good. Just can we stop breaking down every single word that he said and just take this? <laughs> uh, Miranda, are you satisfied with, with this as, a, as an end to this story? You have a look on your face that says no. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to hear it. Here's this is what we have a podcast for. Yeah. So the the idea here is like I think if this were always the intent, they would have led with that beginnings because there's a lot of conversation of like, oh well, at least for the next three years, oh at least for this long, and that there was a lot of back and forth on that. And for Phil to come out and say this on a podcast, just saying, oh yeah, it's our intent. Like, well, of course we're not taking it away. And. <laughs> how how long though but but that's the thing and i think it makes sense from a business standpoint that of course they want to keep it on playstation that's more people buying this game more people playing this game um and we've seen of course the success with minecraft and the importance of keeping these communities still alive and thriving but you know that is like a big part of these um evaluations of this acquisition as to whether or not them having call of duty creates some like you know issues across the board with co like competitiveness with sony and other brands and i'm not convinced that this is the final word on it and i don't think the internet will let it be the final word just as they never let anything die which is just <laughs> the way of the world um it always comes back right so i i think i'm it's nice. 
It's a nice answer, but I think there's probably still more to be said here. So do you think there are some invisible words in Phil's quote there that's that's, that's not our intent until the regulators approve it? Is that is that what he's leaving out in your opinion here? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I I'm satisfied with this. I think it's over because Minecraft is we we have that as a, an historical example here. And Minecraft has grown, it has thrived, it has been successful, uh, it has not diminished in any way since Microsoft acquired it and kept it on PlayStation and, and on Switch and on any platform they can get it on. So, I mean, Phil talked about, in fact, uh, in another quote, he talked about wanting to see Call of Duty on the Switch. So no, he's yeah. talking about more platforms, not fewer. And Destin, I, I have to think it just, at the end of the day, uh, setting aside the regulatory question, from a business case, Destin, it's, it, it comes down to: Are you going to make more money keeping it multi-platform, or are you going to keep? Are you going to make more money locking it to Xbox and PC and bringing more people into the Xbox ecosystem? But is that going to outweigh the, the amount of money that you'd make uh, keeping it on a PlayStation? There's a lot to dive into here. So to answer your question initially, there. Um, yeah, they make more money keeping it multi-platform because more people are going to buy those PlayStation-exclusive micro things that they have on the PlayStation brand, right? Well, that's so, only going to that's gonna go away that'll last for the too first long. years because yeah. those contracts are still in place, right? right? Mm -hmm. So I would imagine that those exclusivity deals would still happen. Now, if we go back to January, before the deal was made public, there was a conversation between Jim Ryan and Phil Spencer, Jim Ryan and Xbox, that was made public. And Jim Ryan brought that to the forefront. He said, in January, we provided a signed agreement to Sony to guarantee Call of Duty on PlayStation with feature and content parity for at least several more years beyond the current Sony contract, an offer that goes well beyond typical game industry agreements, Spencer said in a statement. Yeah. Jim Ryan said that window was three years. That's why fans are saying, well, he said it was three years. He said that before it was publicly announced. Mm -hmm. Then it was publicly announced. And since the day that it was publicly announced to the world, it has been Call of Duty will remain on PlayStation. Well, actually, I think they, let me rephrase that. They did clarify that a little bit later that it would remain on PlayStation in perpetuity. So this is like the fifth time that they have publicly said that it would remain on PlayStation. Um, that word intent though, is what a lot of people are pointing out. So like if the intent is to leave it there, but PlayStation won't let Game Pass on their system, oops, I guess we can't put Call of Duty on PlayStation is what I'm imagining people are thinking. Uh, separately, Phyllis said some stuff that hasn't been a bit of a hot water about this. Like he says, generation exclusives are completely counter to what gaming is about. I feel like that was phrased about something different because they correlate that to how the Bethesda deal went. Okay, well, why do you make all the Bethesda games exclusive, right? And now he's saying, um, you know, Call of Duty will remain multi-platform, but what about Bethesda? Right. I've I always thought I've. Sorry, just last note on this. Yeah. I've always thought that this would be exactly like the Minecraft deal. Call of Duty is too big to remove remove from the other platforms. My initial reaction was like, holy crap, Call of Duty is going to be exclusive. But as they start talking about the financial aspect of it more, it's like, okay, it does make sense. 
Destiny. I think we're like same brain. It's like, it just makes sense because they have these established communities on an ongoing game. Even though that Call of Duty is a different game every single year, there's still Warzone. There's still other elements that do go on um, longer than something like a Fallout, right? Which is like a single experience. You sit down, you play it, it's Mm -hmm. done. There's not a multiplayer component that keeps on going in the same way as something like Minecraft or Call of Duty that has kind of a a longer standing ecosystem present. Uh, So that's why I think they could could separate those to being that's our exclusive we're having those be like first party titles these are our big blockbusters to rival you know god of war rival last of us rival that kind of thing versus minecraft or call of duty which are not that same sort of thing so even on within even within that deal last last point ryan uh the mm-hmm. bethesda games that did have communities remain multi-platform yep. Fallout 76 and and eso mm-hmm This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Okay, so, yeah, no, this, so this, I'm getting... I'm really getting ahead of myself here because we're not going to learn the real answer to this for a number of years, but I, I want to continue this conversation with you guys. So you talk about existing communities and uh, exist, you know, expectations, but so Starfield, there was question. Remember that was, that was a question for a while. Is Starfield going to be an Xbox exclusive? The answer has turned out to be Yes. Based on everything we've seen now with this Call of Duty situation, I want to ask all three of you, what about The Elder Scrolls VI? This is a game that uh, has had Xbox exclusivity before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morrowind never came to PlayStation. Oblivion was exclusive for a year or more by virtue of the fact that 
the PlayStation 3 hadn't come out yet. But then Skyrim, multi-platform game. And it's obviously it's the joke, the running joke is that Skyrim's on every platform. Elder Scrolls 6, I'll start with you, Miranda. Is that going to be an Xbox exclusive? Oh, yeah, that sucker's exclusive. That's it. I mean, I think you, you do have, like, again, those long standing excitement and people who have played on other platforms but that's not the same as a minecraft that has existed and continues a living to exist. platform of exactly sorts. Yeah. right and i think that's the big differentiator here because there's one where you're cutting someone off from something they're actively doing right now versus just not giving them the option to pick up the next installment somewhere else yeah and again call of duty yes it is an annual release sometimes now going forward it's not going to necessarily always be annual but with that, I think there is still the expectation because those games go on for so long and with Warzone, of course. So I think that is the big differentiator. Destin, do you agree with Miranda on that with regard to Elder Scrolls Six? Well, here's what Phil has actually said about Elder Scrolls Six exclusivity. During the roundtable event when they announced the Bethesda deal, and I have the, the luxury of having a computer right in front of me, so it's nice for these quotes. Uh, this is about delivering great exclusive games for you, Xbox customers that ship on platforms where Game Pass exists. So there was still questions like, will Elder Scrolls, will the next Fallout be on those platforms? In an interview with GQ back in November of 2021, he said, um, <clears throat> his reasoning seems to come down to what the Xbox ecosystem can offer. It's exclusives, including cloud gaming, Xbox Live services, and more. It's not about punishing any other platform. Like I fund fundamentally believe all the other platforms can continue to grow, he told GQ. But in order to be on Xbox, I want us to be able to bring the full, complete package of what we have. And that would be true when I think about Elder Scrolls VI. That would be true when I think about any of our franchises. So I think, I think the problem that they're running into, and the reason this Call of Duty conversation is so contentious, is because of the statements about Bethesda. Yeah. So you had the Minecraft mm -hmm. deal. If it was Minecraft, and then Bethesda was the same, and then I think there would be less concern about Call of Duty, right? I think people would be hypothesizing that maybe this is the one that they make exclusive, but Elder Scrolls will be Xbox exclusive. He has said as much, if you, we read between the lines of what he said for Bethesda properties, if it turns out to be an MMO for whatever reason, I don't think it will be. It won't, no. Then, then I think it would be multi-platform. And I think that's how they handle the properties going forward. Stella, do you agree? I mean, I, Dustin kind of, it was a lot <laughs> to point in that direction. But um, yeah, I mean, for, for all gamers, I would kind of hope that it was a timed exclusive, but you know, feels like it's going to be an exclusive. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I was sort of playing devil's advocate on purpose by, by bringing this <laughs> yeah. up, but I do, I, I agree completely. I think, I think all the Bethesda stuff that's not an MMO, that's not ESO, that's not a, a live service, an existing live service game, which... The only one I'm aware of is Fallout 76. I think everything from from here on out is uh, is indeed going to be exclusive from them. So uh, I'll pivot this. Let's keep going on this thread a little bit. Uh, everything else from Activision Blizzard, every new thing from here on out, will those games be exclusive to the Xbox ecosystem? Can you clarify new IP or... So like Diablo 4 is going to probably it is scheduled to come out before this deal closes. So it is coming to PlayStation and I, I that's there's you're not going to pull the plug on that at this point. But like we know Blizzard has a new survival game in development. They've they've sort of publicly announced they're doing that. They're hiring for it. It's probably many years down the line. 
Uh, and then with regard to Activision, they don't have much of a track record of making things that aren't named Call of Duty, but <laughs> Phil has expressed an interest in changing that uh, and, and digging into their IP catalog, things like Crash Bandicoot, things like... I mean, they, they own a lot of stuff. There's all the Raven stuff in the in the uh, in the war chest, the IP chest. So Hexen, I, I Hexen dude, Raven, I right? I am a massive heretic and Hexen fan, going back uh, way back in the day. So I I would love that. But so the non call the non Call of Duty, Activision Blizzard stuff, non Diablo. You know, again. Will that, will that stuff start to go exclusive to Xbox as these new games come along after the acquisition? Destin, I'll go back to you first on this one. Yes, and I think they've indicated as such. Uh, I originally thought that they would remain multi-platform. But interestingly enough, the CMA, Sony, everybody is focused on the like 1.5 billion or whatever that Sony makes with Call of Duty. I mean, even if you wiped out all revenue generated from Call of Duty, PlayStation would be fine, but that's not the point. They've slept on calling out the other franchises within this deal, and I think that's going to shoot them in the foot longer term. I do think that this, I still think that this deal goes through. I don't think, like the CMA even the, has been the most strict about it. Brazil's put it through, Saudi Arabia put it through with, with comments in Brazil, specifically, you know, leaked to the public. Uh, the CMA is a bit more of a spectacle with how they've handled things. I think it goes through, and because nobody ever brought up these other franchises, there's no reason for Xbox to have those multi-platform. Yep. Stella, your thoughts? Uh, sorry, repeat the question? The rest of the, the non-Call of Duty catalog with Activision Blizzard, is, is that stuff going to, as it comes, as new stuff comes along, do you see those being Xbox exclusives? There's a lot to consider under that handle. So I don't, I guess it depends on, on which, um, which game it's on, which game it is. And I, I don't think so. I, I personally don't think so. All right. Cause there, I mean, there, there is a case to be made either way. Certainly, uh, Miranda. I think it depends on game also. Yeah, yeah. I, I was skewing more toward case-by-case -case basis. I think yeah. a lot of the strengths when I think of Blizzard tend to be PC games, and sure. Microsoft has a good handle on that, so obviously it's those are going to be fine. Those are going to be on PC still. Uh, but at the same time, I do see you know Phil and the Xbox team wanting to put their games on more platforms, Game Pass on more platforms, making it more accessible, making it to a place where people can get to it regardless of what systems they have. So I could see them if they are trying to bundle something bigger to get that on more things. Like I know we've made jokes and like allusions to, you know, Game Pass on Switch. Like if they can figure that out, I could see them trying to put all of their libraries on these things if it's a subscription service that sure. exists on other consoles. And I don't think that's out of the question just because they are really trying to make sure that this is something that's accessible to a lot of people, regardless of the systems you have. And I think that's the way we would see some of these games come to other platforms. You are exactly right, Miranda. And I think they're very transparent about that yeah. being their desire. They want Game Pass on Switch. They want Game Pass on PlayStation. They don't. They don't care about the that. But the other brands, I yes. don't know, will ever allow that. That's the thing. <clears throat> and going and going case by case with the franchise, I think Diablo remains multi-plat. Yeah. I think Overwatch remains multi-plat. Oh, yeah. Games games like that. Crash Bandicoot. I think that goes Xbox exclusive, which is yeah. crazy, right? Yeah, that <laughs> that's quite a journey for uh, <laughs> yeah. for Crash. Uh, but yes, yeah, no, I agree. Like Overwatch is such. a, I mean, that's a cross-platform 
game. Uh, that, that's I don't think that's that's going to get locked away anytime soon. <clears throat> we won't get a Diablo five for uh, at least ten years, <laughs> given the track record of how long Diablo games t- take to make. So I'm not. I don't even I, need to think about that for now. I want World of Warcraft on Game Pass. I want it on Xbox. Like that is a really great game. They don't have a Final Fantasy fourteen, but imagine they yeah. bring X. They bring Xbox, World of Warcraft, and it would probably work on every console. Well, right? there's it, a, there's a if, play, if PlayStation and and Square can figure out how to make Final Fantasy yep. work on PlayStation, yeah. I think Xbox can figure out how to make WoW work, and that would be a massive win for them. And they're not even talking about it. Not yet. <laughs> the, all these all these deals with the CMA and still everything. just the focus on Call it's of Duty. Just Call of Duty. Yeah. And it, I feel like they're they got their blinders on. I agree. Well, good, good conversation there. Let's keep talking about another Phil quote. Thanks, Phil. Still from that same brain uh, YouTube interview, Phil has admitted what we've been saying for quite a while. So he doesn't, Phil does not have blinders on. He says it's been too long since a major first party exclusive has landed on the Xbox Series X and S. Uh, he said he understands why players are frustrated with, uh, with certainly Halo Infinite being the most recent big game, and that's a year ago already, but noting that 2023 is set to be a big year. He says, quote, one thing we've definitely heard loud and clear is that it's been too long since we've shipped what people would say is a big first-party game. We could have our excuses on COVID and other things, but in the end, I know people invest in our platform and they want to have great games. We're excited about 2023, We've talked about games that are coming, and those games are tracking well. Getting our first real Xbox first-party games out of Bethesda, having them ship Redfall and Starfield will be a lot of fun. Uh, I, you know, Phil's gamer cred is long established. We know he plays games. He is not oblivious to this stuff. He's not just a, a suit counting money on a, in a spreadsheet. Uh, in an office like he he knows what the what the situation looks like from the ground level that that we see it at and i imagine he's as frustrated as as us fans are but the the problem is stella you can't there's no quick fix to the situation you can't fast track a game because then a game then the game is buggy and messy and You've dug yourself a hole and you haven't you've only added to your problems rather than solve them. So there's there's not much to be done except hurry up and wait. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I so it's it's interesting because I I know I get a lot of crap for this for not being someone who's like as invested in the Xbox platform or PlayStation platform or anywhere really cuz I just like gaming wherever I can get the games on. Um so for me exclusives don't mean as much as it does to all these other fans who have been on the platform for years and years. Um, and especially since I can get a lot of Xbox games on PC for me, I'm just like, oh, it's fine. Like I, that term exclusivity, exclusive, I attach to things like um, God of War, The Last of Us, stuff like that, that is obviously only available on a platform for so, so long. Um, and I understand that people are really frustrated that Xbox hasn't had any like real first party games aside from Halo Infinite, which I cannot believe has been a year already. Just about. Um, yeah, and of course, updates to that game have been very far and few between. So that is frustrating. But I feel like Xbox has been doing so much this year in terms of like bringing so many other games to other people and making it more accessible. 
Um, so for me, I'm just like, I understand that people are frustrated, but I feel like Xbox is doing way more than just first party stuff and exclusives right now. And that's okay. So they were able to take their time, which I would love for Redfall and Starfield to be really good. So like, take your time on that. Like, I know there's no quick fix, but knowing that such great games are coming, I think that's something that people who do want Xbox exclusives, that's something that they can hold on to. Destin, fans are, the, the, the frustration is understandable, right? At this point. Absolutely. I agree with Phil. Um, it has been too long since an exclusives game has hit the Xbox ecosystem. People don't care about excuses. They care about whether you executed or you didn't. And Xbox has failed to execute on the, the exclusive delivery for the last year. Fans are upset about that, understandably. We saw people rallying about canceling their Game Pass subscriptions because nothing was really coming to the platform. Granted, we did get some stuff this holiday season. I'll give them that. But people want these exclusives. Where's Avowed? Where's Perfect Dark? Where are even the games that they said are coming in the next 12 months? A lot of that got pushed and people are kind of, they've given Xbox a lot of time to come up with something, but it's, it's a failing on their part to deliver content on a regular cadence. And it's something that it seems like they're addressing, but how long are fans expected to wait? Yeah, it's, you spend a lot of money, Miranda, on, you spend 500 for the console, you spend 10 to 15 bucks a month on your Game Pass subscription. If you if you've got that, you spend... 60 70 bucks for extra controllers like it's people have quite literally invested in the platform and the frustration is understandable they have done a good job on the controllers this year i will say yes, that is true but yes absolutely i think that's that's the hard thing too right because you can be frustrated while also understanding you don't have to have those exclusive of each other so uh, yes, as everyone has already said on the panel, it is understandable that folks are frustrated that there's nothing out. And I think the intention was obviously them to have at least one big game per year, which is probably and should be at least the goal of a minimum one game with as many studios as they have for first well, party. Phil talked about not necessarily big games, but mm -hmm. uh, Phil had talked in the past, I think during one of the acquisition waves uh -huh. about... The goal was to sh have one first party thing every quarter. Yes. Yeah. That's, I know we talked about that in the past too. And that's sort of what Nintendo's position was. And it's not even like 60, 80 hour games. No, 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 no. Like even 40. It's, it's about any sort of game from their major first party studios, even if it's a small experience or a large one, or yeah. it's like the big blockbuster quadruple A thing that they want to do. It's just something that says, hey, from team xbox from one of our studios we have something for you that adds value that goes beyond just what you can get on you know steam or anywhere else and or comes to another thing later and so they have had some nice like timed exclusives or just smaller games come out that mm -hmm. aren't from first party though and that's sure. the thing tunic and, was one from this year exactly like there's been that and i think um there have been a lot of really fun uh, what's it called? Game Pass releases as well. Like Tiny Ken is really fun. Like there's just a lot of good small games out there. We're going to talk play. about a couple more when we talk about this month's Game Pass here yeah. in a few minutes. And I will say like, even though I understand the frustration that there isn't like the big Halo, there's, uh, we're still waiting on Gears every time. I'm just like, <laughs> it's going to be a while. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. the cliffhanger. Anyway, so. Phil, uh, that, Phil, you should, you should check out my, uh, self shameless self-promotion for the the clip on filter <laughs> he he actually talked about 
Gears Five and and what that the way that game ended. He had a, he had a comment on that that you might find interesting. Okay, I'm very excited. I'm actually about to do a big <laughs> replay of all of the Gears games with my nice. sister because she's never played them, and so oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, and so there's there's a lot to dig into from the back catalog, but understandably, it is. It, yeah, you can be frustrated with this, and I am not alone in that. Just or I guess I'm. They're not alone in that. I am part of that. Of just like, wow, I really wish we got something bigger yeah. from Xbox this fall. But you know, and and Destin, you're you know you're you're on the money uh, in my opinion with with uh, the, your point about you know people don't want excuses. Absolutely right. That said, it <laughs> there we've and we've covered this before, so I'll just make this quick. You had. Uh, May, um, a major AAA exclusive, Stalker 2, get pushed for the most horrific mm-hmm. real-world reasons imaginable. Uh, you had actually, and then for the same horrific real-world reason, a smaller exclusive replaced, also pushed. Uh, and then Starfield and Redfall just fell victim to your normal video game and production delay. Also, I, I know Phil said it's like excuses with COVID. It's like, I don't think that's necessarily an excuse. That's still a reason. Like it, it, restructuring how your studio works for two years, that's, that seems like a long time, but it's really not. I think if we even think about our day jobs and how long maybe it took for things to adapt and finding those small issues that lead to these big ripple effects of production issues that are really challenging. And so I think it's important to be a little empathetic with that as well. Yeah. And just understanding that the the transition that we've had to make has been really significant and getting yeah. back into office or not, whether that is well, something that people are doing is still um, an ongoing thing that's happening. Miranda, I think we can be empathetic. Of course, we understand that there has been challenges for Xbox and what they've had to deal with. But my grandmother or somebody's grandmother who has gone and bought the Xbox and their kid's like, what am I supposed to be playing? They don't even know about Tunic or Pentiment or they might not even know about Plague Tale. They're like, where's my Gears? Where's my Halo? Mm -hmm. That's what grandma says. Where's XYZ? You know, (laughs) and they're, they're upset because they invested, what, $500? on a console and an extra controller, and they're like, what am I supposed to play? No, well, that's what I'm saying, yeah. too, though. You can yeah. be frustrated and empathetic. That's the thing, is you can hold conflicting feelings. Yeah, and just well, be- well but- what I'm trying to illustrate, though, is most people don't make the correlation to the war in Ukraine and all sure. and COVID to yeah. not having games on their platform. You know, we know about that. We account for about 5% of the market. The other 95% are just like, I'm not sure why to buy an Xbox. I think the big reason well, is because of Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, because the Destin, I will say, though, the, the 5% that's us and the people listening to this podcast, uh, we influence the other 95% because that's just how it's always worked. You know, you're, the, yeah. you're talking to your friends and you're saying, oh, you got to play this. You got to check that out. Oh, yeah, Xbox, not a lot of games there. And, you know, it, it, that, that conversation happens. And, and I guess for yeah. a little context as well, like Sony kind of went through this last year. Oh yeah. Like remember l- last year we mm-hmm. thought the drought was over for Xbox. I wrote an article on it that continues to live somewhat <laughs> embarrassingly on IGN <laughs> right now because it's making me look a little stupid the long the, by day by day here, but you know, we talked about I mean Halo, uh, IGN's 2021 game of the year Forza Horizon. You had uh, 
now, Psychonauts 2 was technically multi-platform, but it was a big first-party release, mm -hmm. as it turned, and a, and a, a Game of the Year nominee in, in a number of categories. At, at certainly at the at the Keeleys, if not also, I'm sure I'm sure we also nominated it here at IGN for some stuff. Uh, and then what else? Well, there were a few other. There were a couple others. That I'm now blanking on. I mean, The Ascent was a, a smaller exclusive for a little while, but you know, last year was good, and we thought, here we go. The the faucet's been turned on. The the game, well, the games will flow freely, and well, the faucet got shut off Just this like, year. Man, but, if everything went according to plan, we would have had Redfall already. Yeah, but but Sony kind of went through like Sony. Okay. You know, Sony's had a great year this year in uh -huh. terms of those tentpole first parties with Horizon Forbidden West, Gran Turismo, and they you know were a week away from God of War Ragnarok. Uh, but last year they barely had anything. Yeah, they had last Ratchet year. and Clank. Ratchet in the middle of the year. Uh, and then uh, I guess what Returnal, but that even that's like a little, little maybe you know a notch below on the sort of AAA scale. But uh, so you know, and and to to be fair, next year currently I don't just for the sake of comparison, uh, Sony has I think they've really only got Spider Man Two as the only thing like already on the calendar first party wise yep. for next year because I don't know if Wolverine's actually going to make <laughs> next year uh, or not, but you know. That hopefully they'll be announcing more stuff, but Xbox, we at least know that a bunch of stuff's coming. It's just that wait has been so difficult because we're just we're uh, we're parched and crawling through the desert. You know, what's at this point, kind of funny. I, I think. Oh, sorry, Miranda, go ahead. Just real quick, it's kind of funny whenever we do these comparisons. We never talk about Nintendo. Well, they because they've marched <laughs> to the beat of their own drum for they do yeah. for but, quite a long but time. But they do a good job of hitting something every quarter. They do. I mean, they've, they've actually, they've, I think, shipped more games, this more first-party stuff in the ho this holiday season that we're in right now than Sony or Microsoft. Yeah, they do a lot. Uh, Bayonetta, Pokemon, um, there's another big one. Well, Splatoon just came Splatoon out a little while ago, yep. and I think there's even one there more. There was a Kirby one earlier this year. Yeah, Kirby. There so, was... yeah, they've, <laughs> they've hit it. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I think the other thing I wanted to say on this is... This topic uh, and Phil's, you know, I'm not going to call it admission because it's that sort of puts a little too much weight into it. But Phil acknowledging that, yep, we know we have a first party drought situation that we need to be better about. I think if you we are in year eight of the Phil Spencer era with Phil as the head of Xbox running the show. And I think if you were to grade him, he grades out really well in every category except games because you look at uh hardware a that he came in xbox one s which was a nice improvement over the original vcr xbox one the xbox one x which was an excellent mid-generation refresh that was clearly more powerful clearly a better machine than the playstation 4 pro uh so and then of course the series s and series x have been excellent pieces of hardware so he great he gets an a there uh, i think f culture from what we can see he gets an a in terms of the health and well-being of the development teams and making sure you know trying to minimize crunch and make sure everybody's well cared for from a physical mental emotional well-being perspective uh he gets an a in services his first big mission when he took over was the backwards compatibility program which has been an une unequivocal success uh, and is now a staple of the platform and really helped shape 
this generation and the transition to it that they dragged Sony kicking and screaming along uh, with with that. So he gets an A there. And then the other part of that, sorry, is Game Pass. That's the other services aspect, which is a total home run. But games, if I were being honest, and if he's going to hear this and he might disagree, I, I'd probably give Phil a D at this point Dang. for first party. I mean, again, game. over eight years, I, right? Look at, you know, they're, the eight last eight years have not been great for... <clears throat> cumulative like total first party tentpole output destin you you looked like you had something you're ready to chime, chime in there so please do well i was just gonna say yeah it's been pretty bad on the on the games front just in terms of like big wins maybe you get one a year you know oh, um maybe yeah like with the forza games are pretty consistently awesome you know halo infinite came out it was great but now there's problems with multiplayer you know not seeing a lively lively update which i'll talk about at the end of the show actually <laughs> uh but yeah uh, i agree with you it's that has been the the one thing that they cannot seem to get a regular cadence going for and it's been going on for too long yeah like even before covid times like it was a challenge oh, yeah. for them to have those big temples games hit at a mm -hmm. consistent manner so i think somebody just got promoted i was trying to look up their name really quick but somebody just got promoted to sort of address that issue and hopefully they come through because people are losing patience. Stella, uh, would you agree with my assessment of Phil's tenure as head of Xbox? I think so. I think he's made some pretty great strides, but like obviously they're still kind of struggling in others, which I feel like is normal. Like you can't be great at everything all at once. Um, and uh, next year we'll be able to see like how well everything that they've been preparing will come out and and such. So that'll be nice. Uh, but I'm actually curious for um, for y'all who have been on the platform way longer than me. What would you say is like the golden age of Xbox gaming? 360. 360 oh, the easy. early the first half of yeah. the 360 era mm -hmm. is unequivocally okay. a, a, yeah. a incredible, just insane. Yeah. Halo 2, you know. Well, that's the, the end Ryan's. of the tail end of the original. But yeah, I mean, Halo 3, yeah. uh, Mass Effect, um, Forza One. and Forza Here's. Horizon, Motorsport and Horizon, Fable 2. <laughs> I mean. Just, that's it. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you could crack down. The yeah. first one was awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a long, uh, all the brilliant exclusive stuff from Xbox Live Arcade. I was about to say Arcade Times. The, the partnership with Japan Studios to make stuff like Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey. Exactly. Like, just kind of went the wayside for a long time. They're finally getting yeah. back to working with international Bioshock was exclusive. Great. Dead Rising. I mean, yeah, it, yeah we could, if I pulled People up. People forget about Bioshock, Ryan. They're yeah. like, that was multi-platform. No, it was not. No, it was not. <laughs> yeah. not Elder Scrolls. <laughs> yeah, Oblivion, as I said earlier in yeah. the show. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter was, again, a default exclusive because there was no PlayStation 3. That was an incredible game at the time. Uh, the Splinter Cells were I mean, <laughs> Conviction. And, the, uh, yeah, we could, we could keep going, Stella. That's, yeah. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> yeah. Do, you, do you think we can get there again? Yes, I do. And, and again, well, it, to, it seems to, like next year they're making up for lost time. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's the it, it we know it, we've said a million times it it can't be fixed overnight. And yes, they've and they've been doing the work buying the studios. Yeah, it's about to say so the, it's, the purse strings were open. And, right. It's yeah. it's just they're, these are not this stuff all takes a lot of time, and it is it does finally look like 
again, I know we've said this before, but it looks like next year is finally going to be the year. Uh, Miranda. Yeah, just exactly that. Like next year is going to be the year. I think that's when we start seeing things roll a bit more consistently. Um, as we have all said, the big thing was acquisitions, right? That's like, okay, now we have a lot more studios can make more games, have more of a cadence between all of these partners we have to put out these big games that are under our titles, like under our branch of Xbox games. And so I think that's what we're really looking for. And it is a shame that it does take so long, but also it's understandable because making video games is hard. And so it takes time for those to happen. And I'm excited to see what happens because I just want to know what everyone is doing. And we don't even know what's going to happen next fall. We only have through the first half of next That's true. Year. I that's, mean, that's it. That was the last <laughs> note I had on this topic was, okay, let's look ahead a little bit to next fall. Because as you noted, the showcase only covered the first half of, of 2023. Some candidates don't know how many or if any of these are going to make, but something. I, I'm confident we're going to get something, at least one big big first-party game next fall. Uh, Hellblade 2, I think, is a very strong candidate for next fall. Uh, given I want so bad. What's that, Destin? <laughs> I want to vouch so bad next year. I have that on the list. I mean, I, yeah, I, there's a chance that that could be, that could be ready for next fall. Uh, Indiana Jones, potentially. I mean, that movie oh, yeah. is out next year. So uh, not that it's a tie-in, but, you know, it would certainly be in their <laughs> interests to, to get it out uh, somewhat within the, the, the same time window as the movie, if you can. State of Decay 3. Maybe could be next fall. That's what I want. I um, want that next fall. It'd be so good. So, yeah, I mean, and that's just that's just some, because then we know, like, Fable's a way out because they, they just hired uh, a writer who had previously worked on Horizon Forbidden West. So that's, you're still hiring people for the writing team, probably still a little ways out. So Fable, <laughs> Fable's probably at least another couple years out. Uh, we know, unfortunately, Perfect Dark you know, the reports there were that's a bit of a messy situation. So that's going to be a ways out. Um, but, you know, and we still compulsions, the one. Not if it's sure it's their the one, but it's definitely Twitter one. Account. Of, it's one of actually, the first party studios we haven't heard from yet. They actually tweeted something for the first time in years recently. Oh, really? So I missed that, it. That was nice. Everyone yeah, opened crap because I was like, oh, my God, you're alive. And they were like, <laughs> they were bantering with me. It was fun. Well, good. Um, so yeah, there there is plenty more coming down the pipe. And I guess the to put a bow on this whole conversation, twenty twenty three looks good, and hopefully it will be good. But even if it is good, twenty twenty four has yeah. to also be good. And tw like we can't we can't be st the starting and the stopping of the releases. You know that's not healthy for the the long term success of the xbox as a platform it's there's that consistency has got to be there uh, as phil talked about you know aiming for one one first party title a quarter a few you know whatever that was two three years ago and that they need to get to that and hopefully that is gonna start yeah. in starting hopefully it starts next quarter because we're in q4 so hopefully q1 yeah. maybe we're gonna get redfall in q1 maybe we're gonna get starfield in q1 or probably not both of them, but one maybe of them. one of them. And then hopefully Q2 is the other of those two. For my and... own sake, I'd like them to be spaced out. Yes. Just for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cause I've said before, when Starfield comes out, it's you won't see me. Goodbye. I'll, I'll barely barely make it to this podcast. Um, so We just yeah. live in the office, you know. 
That's true. Just always be here. That's true. We could do that. All right. uh, Let's keep moving here. (laughs) In another Phil interview with Wall Street Journal Live, Phil alluded to possible price increases. The question is on what? So he says, quote, I do think at some point we'll have to raise the prices on certain things. But going into this holiday, we thought it was important to maintain the prices. We've held price on our console. We've held price on games and our subscription. I don't think we'll be able to do that forever. I do think at some point we'll have to raise some prices on certain things. Miranda, let's play the let's play the game again, which is decipher Phil's words. What is he referring to there? All the things. All no, of it? You think not. it's all of it? I hope not. Uh, I would see them probably keeping console prices the same, but I instead agree. they do. Um, I would think controller prices will probably stay the same. It's probably going to be games and Game Pass that'll go up in price. But I don't think. $70 they, games for first party? Potentially, yeah. yeah. But I don't think they'll raise the Game Pass price until they start releasing a lot of big things. And then only after they've released it for a while. Because I don't think they would be like, oh, well, we haven't changed anything major. We've been adding games and some go, you know, some go away, uh, but we're going to raise the price now. I mean, they'll be like, no. So maybe, what, <laughs> do, you, really what do, do you think? Like n- this time next year, there's yeah. a Game Pass price increase, I maybe? I see that. Stella, you agree with Miranda or what's, do you have a take on this? Yeah, I mean, I expected Game Pass to kind of go up at some point. I'm surprised it stayed here as long as it has. I feel like next year, especially with all these first party games coming out, that feels like a good time to do it, if any. Um, just because you're getting so many things at launch at, just for the price of the subscription, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I never considered in in ever. <laughs> but now Xbox is like, here you go, games everywhere. And you're just like, yeah, prices are definitely going to go up, especially if they're going to keep up with this amount of releases, um, which we're hoping does. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's going to go up next year. And I'd, I'd be okay with it because there's so much that you're getting. Destin, uh, I agree with Miranda. I think the... Game Pass subscription increase is going to happen when the call when the Activision Blizzard deal closes because that's when Diablo Four and Overwatch and a bunch of stuff uh, go into Game Pass. So I think that's that's going to be like, hey, we paid sixty nine billion for this, and you now have a ton more games in here. So uh, we're raising the price. Do you agree with Miranda's assessment? And uh, how about what do you think of the timing? So hit me. I feel like we discussed this on the previous episode. But my thought, or I don't know, I talked about it at some point, but I think that Game Pass prices increase, right? I think that's the move. I think game prices, I'm not sure what they're going to do there. It seems like everybody else has made their game $70. It's not something I love, but that would be easier for them to to do and activate. I wouldn't be happy about it. I'm really happy with the $60 price point, actually, but whatever. Um I don't think they can raise the price of the console. I think that would be an incredibly bad look, especially after Phil came out and said, like, we're not raising the price of the console. And he was, like, very dismissive about the idea of that even happening. And then he kind of had to make this statement in the Wall Street Journal thing that Tom was quote tweeting um, and say, yeah, we're going to have to raise prices on stuff because of inflation, you know? Uh, Mm. So, yeah, I don't feel like they can raise the price of the console if they do they're rightfully going to get a lot of crap for it because they were kind of like, well, look at us. We don't have to raise the price of our console. And then they do it two months later. That's going to be a really bad look. I agree with you, especially when Sony hasn't... North America is Microsoft's biggest market. 
and Sony hasn't raised the PlayStation 5 price in North America. So there's just no way that the console prices are going to go up uh, in in their in North America, Microsoft's biggest territory. But Miranda, I think you're dead on with I think I think seventy dollar games uh, and Game Pass subscription increase. Although I will say, I wonder if in a there's a little psychological work at play with customers where if Microsoft, if and when they do go to $70 for their first party games, that kind of spurs more Game Pass subscriptions because people go, oh, I don't want to pay 70 for a game. I'll pay, for, I'll do the monthly thing and get all the games. Like, I wonder if yep. there's a little, uh, if, if those two things might might correlate the price increase of of one and the subscriptions of the other. No, that's that's a good point because you can't raise the price of game. You raise the price of games and you raise the price of Game Pass at the same time. Those seem to correlate, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, um, I, we teased this earlier in in non fill news. Our last story of the week here: Xbox Game Pass for November. It's Yay. looking pretty good. <laughs> So uh, November for now we have the Legend of Tianding, a game I'm not familiar with, and then a game I very much am familiar with. We've got The Walking Dead, a new frontier coming to PC, Game Pass, as well as Michonne, Walking Dead, Michonne, uh, and then Ghost Song, which is tomorrow, Thursday, which is probably today, as most of you are hearing this. Next week it gets more interesting on PC, Football Manager 2023 on November 8th. And then the console version as well. Uh, and then Vampire Survivors, which is a game that's been been uh, picking up some steam out there in the world. That's coming to Game Pass. And Return to Monkey Island. Yes. Yay, coming to Xbox and going to Game Pass for console uh, or PC or cloud, too. You can actually just stream Return to Monkey Island. Yay. If you need help with it, we got a good guide. I gave this there. game a nine, which... As time has gone on, I feel increasingly awesome about that nine. It's so good. It is a fantastic point-and-click adventure game that you will love. And I'm so glad it's it's going to be available to more people, not just on a new platform, on the console itself, the Series X and Series S. It is not coming to Xbox One, uh, but also through Game Pass. More people will get to fire it up. I mean, I I would play it on a PC if you can. It's a, it's a point-and-click interface. It's just going to be better with a mouse than it is with a with a thumbstick, but if if you don't have or don't want to play on PC, then uh, hopefully the the um, control scheme will work pretty well on the console side of things. And then the week of November 14th, we have a first-party game and a third-party exclusive for Game Pass. We have Pentiment, which we've talked about on this show in the context of we feel like no one's talking about it, especially not Microsoft, for whatever reason. Josh Sawyer's pet project, Pentiment, is out November 15th, right to Game Pass, Cloud Console, and PC. And then Somerville, which is uh, being made by some former developers from Playdead, some ex-Inside and Limbo folks. Uh, that is out on straight into Game Pass, Console, and PC on November 15th as well. So uh, that's some... There's, you got some bangers in Game Pass this month. Yeah. I'm I'm excited more people get to play Vampire Survivors because that's so fun. I cannot tell you how many times I have just, like, I don't know, what, what is it, like, uh, uh, blinders on and just played for, like, 30 minutes, which is, like, the full length level of a map. Oh, my God. 
it's so fun i'm, I'm glad it, and it's only like five dollars on its own so i'm really glad that more people are going to be able to play it for for free if they have a uh, game pass so i'm excited destin what are you playing of the out of off a of game pass this this month i'm very curious about pentiment uh that's november so i'm just it's just interesting to me and the the people who worked on it are really passionate about their creation so i'm like that enthusiasm is why I'm interested in it. And then it it came out at a time when I was learning about my family's heritage and stuff from the past. So uh, yeah, that's the game. Excellent. <laughs> All right, let's do trivia real quick before we get out of here. Jim in Pittsburgh, his gamer tag is Hide Squadron one asks this, and I'm going to tell you right up front. I read this. I did not remember this one, and I lived through this. So uh, we'll see if you guys have a better memory than me. Jim in Pittsburgh writes, The I Love Bees alternate reality game, a.k.a. an ARG, was a hugely successful viral marketing campaign for Halo 2. In 2005, Microsoft decided to do another ARG in the lead-up to the official hardware and title reveal of the Xbox 360. It involved an internet-based scavenger hunt and concluded with a console reveal video hosted by Jay Allard, former Microsoft uh, executive, that was uh, given to the participants ahead of the console's official reveal. What was the name of that ARG that Microsoft used, the little viral marketing campaign, for the reveal of the 360 itself, both the look of the box and the name of the system? Was it A, Iris, B, the Nautilus Construct, C, the colony, or D, the beast. I will go, let's see. Should I go youngest to oldest here? Do you know who's with, youngest? Uh, I think yeah, it's who Stella. Who's the youngest here? I don't actually know. I, it's, I, don't I know, know it's rude to knows. ask, so I'm not going to ask, but uh, just. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Well, you and I are old, Justin, and I'm older. You don't so know. I, you have no idea how old I am. Wait, Miranda. I do. How old you are you? tweeted I'm, I'm, about how old you. You, you put it out there, just as I have. Oh my god. Anyway, Stella, I'm going to go to you first. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, shoot. I don't know this one at all, but like, and B are calling to me. I'm going to go with B. The Nautilus construct. Okay. Yeah. All these are pretty equally just abstract, weird names that could absolutely <laughs> apply to some internet scavenger hunt. Uh, Miranda, by the way, I'll, I will note too, uh, at family Christmas when I was a kid and there'd be all the cousins, it would be, that's how the order would go in terms of opening presents. You go one at a time and it, you'd go youngest to oldest. So there's, uh -huh. that's where I'm, that's where, where my brain is taking that from. Miranda, do you have a, a thought on this one? Um, I was thinking the Nautilus construct as well, just because it sounds weird. Also like, I love bees. That's the ARG. <laughs> that's so cute. But, uh, um. I'll, I'll try to do something different. I'll do see our colony. Our colony. Okay. Destin, that leaves you, my friend. I thought it was our colony because bees and then the next iteration of that is colony. It's mm, one oh. way to think about it. Mm. Uh, but if nobody else knows, I'll just, I'll just spread the word for fun and go with Iris. So the guy who takes yeah. this insanely seriously is, uh, is just saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to you know, just pick um, a different answer. My initial, my the one that calls out to me is B, the Nautilus construct. Okay. Yeah, we're all feeling I love that B, word. but Nautilus. That? It's just kind of yeah. cool word. Nautilus but, yeah. construct. <laughs> I know, right? That's like deep sea <laughs> creatures. But I'm like, it's not an it's not an ARG from for Subnautica, so yeah. yeah. So so what are you going with, Destin? Remind me. A Iris. Iris. Okay. Well, uh, who said our colony? Me. 
You're correct. Yes. Nice job, Dang Miranda. It. Yes. Which uh, that ties you. you back again with Stella for the lead. So we've got a, a fierce <laughs> contest here. And I'm Destin, you're right two. behind. You're only one point back, Destin. One. All right. One point back. Oh so, wow. Thank Close you race. to thank you to Jim in Pittsburgh for sending in that excellent Xbox trivia question. And I need some more good questions to choose from. You might be <laughs> featured on your question might be featured on the podcast if you send in a good one, which you can do by emailing me at unlocked at IGN.com. Include your question. Include the four multiple choice answers. Note the correct one in your email. Don't forget your name and your gamer tag if you'd like to share it as well. And we'll play again next week. The, the, by the way, we're almost out of time. It's a, it's a dead heat here between the three of you just about. And we've probably only got like, I don't know, eight shows left, seven oh, shows. So if I get it's coming point, down to the wire. Tied? What? If I, get, if I get one point, are we all tied? If 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 you get one point and Estelle and Miranda don't, yes, you're one point behind okay. both of them. So wow, yeah, it's a it's Jeez. a good race this year. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get out of here, Stella. Let me go to you first to do a little ah. shameless self promotion. Tell the unlocked fan sure. base what you're up to. Uh, well, I'm at Parallax Stella everywhere, and you can probably see from my tweets and stuff that I placed third in my powerlifting competition Yay! last weekend, and I was, it was my first one ever, and I was very, uh, very surprised. Thank you. Yeah. Um, aside from that, I am doing, I don't know, all sorts of stuff for IGN, lots of hosting. You're going to see me in videos everywhere. Sorry, you're going to see my annoying face everywhere. And then also doing some Mono Warfare videos. Hopefully I can get another 30 bomb, but... We'll see. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I got. Excellent, Destin. Yeah, actually, Stella and I are working on something together, and I Brad said oh, I yeah, could talk right. about it. So, uh, the day before the winter update for Halo Infinite launches, we are doing an exclusive look with three four three at the new modes, including campaign co op. Uh, we're going to be asking the developers about Halo Infinite and how that's been going. We're going to be looking at the new. Covert One Flag mode, and we're going to be diving deep into Forge. We're going to going to be checking it out and doing some content around that. So be sure to check that out. That is airing on the seventh, which is the day before the winter update goes live. So that is something really cool, Xbox themed. Uh, of course, if you're if you have all consoles, we have a lot of God of War Ragnarok stuff on the way. So check that out. And then for my personal stuff, Twitter at Destin Legary, Legary Bakery for cookies and the Destin channel for YouTube stuff. Excellent. Miranda? You can follow me at Havoc Rose, and that's Havoc with a K on Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and now on co-host, because we're playing the <laughs> game of which social media platform do we try next? Um, you can also find some of our guides work going live right now. We have a big thing on Marvel Snap, because that is the hot new thing, and it is fun. And I said, I have to uninstall this immediately. So It's a problem. It's a yeah. problem. Uh, it's really good. It's really good. Um, one of the team members said, it's a game for people who don't have time. And I was like, you know, you are actually right. It is, it's it's dangerous. Um, but we'll be doing that. And of course, covering a lot of other games coming out this fall. So stay tuned. Fantastic. Uh, and as for me, I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. I mentioned the Cliff Blazinski unfiltered interview. Uh, at the top of the podcast, I will also mention, relevant to the Xbox audience out there, our November IGN first, our cover story, if you will, is Atomic Heart. Yay. So there's still a very little information out there about this game. There have been a lot of trailers over the last couple of years, but uh, spoiler, we're going to be doing a lot with it. So the first 
first piece of exclusive content drops Friday. The release date trailer was today. Game's out in February. I don't have the exact date in front of me, but uh, so that's throw that on the 2023 pile. It's you know not going to be an exclusive or anything, but that's a, it's going to be a, hopefully a big game. It certainly looks cool to us. So uh, stay tuned all November long for exclusive Atomic Heart coverage. And with that, I want to thank our super producer, Red, in the back, making the show happen, making it possible. And I want to thank Miranda Stella Destin and all of you for listening slash watching. And with that, this was Podcast Unlocked, episode 568. We'll see you next week. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.